for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, you're now listening to The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. I am your host, Anthony Robinson. My brother's from another mother, co-hosting Christian Evans and Gary Green. We have a great show lined up for you guys today. And the reality is, if you change that dial, you might miss out on something. So stay tuned here to Maverick Country on UTARadio.com. All right. That was Big Sean's new song off the album. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I can just tell you what. I'm a guy, but John Legend can do no wrong. That's just me. He's an artist. He is an artist. All right. Well, we're glad to be back, you guys. Um, We did miss last week, unfortunately, due to uh, the winter storm here in Texas, if that's what you want to call it. Um, You know, in Texas, everything pretty much shuts down when the weather goes crazy and nobody likes to drive. But. You know, me and Christian still got out on Friday night. And yeah, slid well, I understand why they don't. They don't like to drive because they can't. Can't drive, drive. very That's much. Why so. I don't even fool with it. People were just stopping literally in the, in middle, the middle of, of the, the street road. just because it. you know it's a little slick. You're driven in snow. Yeah, they just didn't trust. I was like, you just got to keep rolling. Just got to keep rolling. Whatever. Yeah. So again, we're glad that you guys are tuning in again today. We will try our best not to leave you hanging like that. But if you ever, um, if we ever miss a show and you want to hear. A little bit more of the show, we do have our podcast up on SoundCloud, The Reality Is. Also, you can go to the website, therealityis.com, and you can find us on there. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, The Reality Is. Send us your comments. Send us any inquiries. If you have any questions, you can always hit us up at info at therealityis, info at T-H-A, realityis.com so the first comment or the first topic well before i do that too glad to have gary back gary wasn't here on the last show glad to have gary back we don't have the uh mechanical uh hand clapping thing so we're going to give you the genuine round of applause i missed y'all man it's good to be back it's good to be home this is home now so i'm glad to have returned that's what's up man so the first topic I wanted to discuss was the Dale Hansen's uh, comments in res- uh, response to Flower Mound's racial signs um, at one of their basketball games. And just uh, we'll let you hear a clip and then we'll let you know our thoughts. But basically at a Flower Mound basketball game a couple of weeks ago, um, some kids. Was it kids a basketball or, game too? Or was it a football game? It was, it, basketball. It was a basketball oh, okay. game, okay. yeah. Gotcha. And they held up the signs white power. And what they said was, well, actually, you know what? I'll let Dale Hansen tell you since he's a little bit more credible. And he actually surprised me. Mm-hmm. When I heard his response in reference to it, mm-hmm. but here you go. Madonna, All right, so again, that was Dale Hansen's response to the Flower Mound racist signs being held up at the game, and I wanted to play that because, for one, you know, I think it's a big deal that uh, someone like Dale Hansen, uh, a public figure in the city of Dallas, that says that a lot of people watch Channel Eight. Um, and he has a lot of clout or leverage in this city in reference to what people listen to, uh, what people talk about. And, you know, in communications, we all know with the radio, people don't tell you they don't tell you how you should live your life. But they do, you know, have a, a way of telling you what to think. Mm-hmm. And if he got on and he spoke to the opposite of that, then it's a lot of people, even if they weren't racist or even if they were on the, on the line, they could cross over and say, well, you know what? I don't like black people more so for this reason or whatever. But because he spoke out, 
in a, you know against what they were doing. It's somebody that's on the line that either respected him and probably came a little bit more towards the side of respect for blacks or just race, period. And you have some that probably are so bent in their way that it's like, I don't care what he's saying. That's not right. You know, whatever the case may be. But I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts in reference to that and the situation. And then later on, we have um, an audio from a kid who actually went and graduated a couple years back from Flower Mound, and he's given his perspective on it. Well, and this is something, man, that obviously has been in the air for, well, years, but has particularly in the last several months, ever since Ferguson and even Trayvon Martin and, and things like that, uh, you know, this 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 race discussion more broadly and I really appreciate Hanson's comments one because they were they were true you know I think they were they were on point but two is because it was coming from a white man who in this day and age especially with all the different kinds of uh, voices that are trying to be heard now white men are often depicted as evil and um, you know the the enemy the the enemy of women the enemy of black men I mean the enemy of basically everybody yeah. and I think I, I really appreciate that he represents you know those white men who people who live with a certain kind of privilege that don't think the same way that every you know some of the others do yeah um, but speaking on behalf of the least of these so to speak um, and and the the quote that he ended with the Einstein quote about the world not being destroyed by those that do evil but those that sit by and do nothing you know that don't say anything man that was that was wonderful yeah um, because you know I've had discussions with with our former principal at my high school and and other and other folks about race and about issues like that and I'm like man just because you're not out calling somebody the n word does not mean that you're not operating in a racist kind of way yeah. you know where you're participating in it by not doing anything about it you know and so it's just i don't know man i appreciate his comments for a number of reasons but you know yeah man i thought this was very interesting uh you know being close to home in dallas you know since moving to this city what maybe five months ago mm -hmm. um from los angeles which you know it's a much different environment and before that boston and before that colorado you know i've kind of gotten to see how different areas of our country kind of interpret um, race relations. So a place like Colorado, uh, you know, there's not very many uh, black people. So it just never seems to be an issue of, you know, oh, there's black people here, there's white people there. Yeah. It was just more, uh, you know, I don't know, collaboration. I don't know what word I want to use, but it was like it wouldn't be out of the norm for you to go to a lounge or a bar or even a church and see a mixed uh, congregation. Yeah. Whereas... And L.A. was just similar. Boston was a little bit, uh, it had a little bit of a segregative type of mm -hmm. mood to it. But it still, you would go to, but, you know, being back in the South, you kind of see how things are out here. And it's it's not overt, right? It's not overt right. racism. Right. But just the, the, uh, the it, it's just in the air. You right. know, it's like. Yeah. The yeah. this area, and I don't, you know, I don't, I've never, I haven't had anyone, you know, like you said, nobody's gonna call you the n word to your face, yeah. you know, nobody's gonna They're say, not. oh, you can't, you know, but just everything about this area just seems like it's not set up for, I guess, African Americans to have a voice, whether it yeah. be who owns the establishments that we frequent, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a movie, you know, whatever it is, to what what's actually on the airwaves, right? We have this show on University of Texas at Arlington, but as I flip through the channel in the morning, I like to listen to sports radio in the morning. There is literally no voice 
for us to kind of share our take yeah, on our what's going on, on in the sports world True. or with politics. I tell you what, you in Dallas, you can go through all the stations. You'll find at least five or six talk radio stations kind of doing what we're doing, yeah. just given that view, right, right. of, uh, you know, white America's take on things going on in the world. So it's just like, you know, you see that, and then you see this Dale Hansen gentleman who is a part of that establishment, but he's still – you know, the, the word I, I wrote down is he took ownership right. of the reality of how, I guess, a lot of white people were raised. Not just white people in general, yeah. but white men of a certain age. Exactly. This guy has to be at least in his mid-60s. Yeah, right? he has to be, yeah. You, you know, you say this. <laughs> I, I made a comment like that to a guy, um, and we were having a debate. He was an older white gentleman. I was like, well, you you know, you were raised in a cert, of, of a certain age. And not just that, you were raised in a cert, of a certain age in a certain area mm-hmm. of this country. And it's like, it's. I'm not going to sit up here and, and, and be a fool to think that you don't at least have a shell of maybe some of those thoughts that were right. pervasive back in, you know, the you know the, the civil rights era and before it. Right. So for me, it was like I appreciate him taking ownership right. of the truth that, okay, if you live in a certain household, the N-word is going to be used yeah. right. like, you know, like you'll li- listen to Kanye's new song. It's, it's used like that or like, right. the you know, the movie Django. Yeah. Take ownership, man. Like, okay, it's that's the reality. That's how a lot of us uh, were raised in the white community, and even so in the black community, right. a lot of us uh, were raised with the you know the opposite, with you know, I guess disparaging white people. Right. Um, right. So I don't know. I just I appreciated him taking ownership, and then just to kind of expound upon it, it's like this city, um, and I don't know if this yeah, I think it's still in line because it just shows like white parents will come and defend that behavior right. exactly right. but i just feel like it doesn't surprise me because this city is does not stare like race issues head on it doesn't like attack it head on everything's kind of like oh, off to the side off to the side it's one of those things that, that you know it's it's people just hope it goes away right. right and then when you have when you have black people who do have a platform or or others who have a platform and who decide to speak specifically about it to name the elephant in the room yeah. Then people, then they 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 uh, accuse you of you know playing the race card and things oh. like that, yeah. and it makes it really difficult to have a voice because you know on one on one hand it's kind of like you know the double consciousness that W. B. Du Bois talked about before. That on one hand I'm I'm a black man and I'm also an American. Yeah, right. And you know people were like, okay, well as a black man, if you're an American, why don't you just speak as an American? Because that's what we're doing. Well, no. I wish we could. Even though you you say and you act like you're speaking from a neutral perspective, your your perspective is still shaped by your privilege. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so you are speaking as a white American. I'm speaking as a black American. There's not just one America. Yeah. I mean, there's Oh, man, that was just going through my mind. There is two Americas. There's more than two Americas. More than two Americas. America is is a land of, as they say, a land of immigrants. And it always has been. So... We can't just act like America is a monolith and there's just one perspective and that you have to fall in. That's that's the yeah, biggest lie. And yeah. like you said, Dale Henson owning that and recognizing, man, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Let's at least be honest about it and talk about it and then figure out what's on the table that we need to deal with. And I think that's what frustrates a lot of black people in the black community is nobody's owning it. Nobody's yeah. honest about it. You know, and like you said, they feel like we're pulling a race card. But before we get into deeper uh, talk, I want to play the clip from Richard from Flower Mound <laughs> and uh, get his comments and his perspective on the Dale Hansen uh, video. And also just being a student, like I said, a couple years back, um, going to Flower Mound. 
All right, and Richard, we appreciate that, uh, you know, sending that in, and we hope to hear from you again soon. Um, one of the things we were talking about while the clip was playing was, you know, racism actually being taught. Um, I know from my perspective, I do feel like it, it is something that's taught. Um, like I always tell people, like if you put a black child, a Hispanic child, and an Asian child all in the sandbox mm-hmm. at two or three years old, they're going to play. They're not going to think about color. If they've never been, if no if, in, if no one has ever said, hey, stay away from Johnny, stay away from Baba, stay away from Sarah or whoever, like they're just going to see a sandbox, toys, and kids, and they're going to go react. But it's, you know, it's the parent that kind of shapes those thoughts, you know, as they get older to say, you know, if they see something on TV, it's like, well, hey, you know, don't watch this or stay away from that. And if and even if their, te- their parents don't teach them, Television is teaching most people these days, most kids. Oh, yeah. So even if you're watching television, most movies if it or television shows that portrays black kids, they're stealing, they're gangbanging, they're lying, killing, cussing, rapper, you know, got rap music. Um, if it's Asian, I mean, if it's Hispanics, what? They're cleaning and, you know, mm-hmm. it's never, you know, it's like some of it is true to an extent, but it's not the full spectrum of any race, you know? Right. And I think that's why I say it is taught. And, you know, it could be from the dynamic of the parent and the interaction between the parent and the child, or it could just be television, bro. I agree. I think just in general, we marginalize the different races that aren't necessarily the majority. Exactly. Kind of like you said, if you look at the black show. So, you know, you you have NBC right on Wednesday. That's kind of when they do all their really funny shows like uh, the what what is it the Modern Family? Yeah. They, but now you have Blackish. That's mm-hmm. the black show. You have what is it? Fresh off the boat. That's yeah. the Asian show. Okay. It's like, you know, they mar- you, you, It's so marginalized when it's a different race, right. and it's like, why can't it just be a show about the black experience? Like like the, the Cosby Show was good because it right. it wasn't racialized to me. Right. It was just like you have this family and they're just living life. They're not tackling race issues. They're just right. tackling life issues. Right. Like. I'm black, you're white, whatever. Um, we go through experiences, and we, you know, they might be different, but you just live life. Yeah. Well, I'm blackish. While it's a funny show and I enjoy it, it's like it takes that, you know, bigger picture of oh, let's just live our lives, and it makes it oh, let's talk about, you know, let's make it about race. The 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 most interesting thing, and I was watching SNL 40, that 40 year anniversary, and and while SNL right, great show, historic. Like, every black character they've ever had on that show, if you look at their bits, they're always race bits. Even back when Eddie Murphy, yep. I went back and watched, like, Eddie Murphy's top ten uh, bit. Right, Eddie Murphy's one of the, if not the funniest guy to mm-hmm. ever walk this planet. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. As far as stand-up goes and just mm-hmm. general, you know, comedy. But all of his bits were marginalized to doing race bits. Right. And they were funny. They were hilarious, right. but... How come everybody else's bits is just, you know, regular comedy, right. whereas it's always marginalized? And, uh, you know, that's the, and, and like you said, that, that contributes to, you know, maybe the subconscious or, or uh, subliminal messaging of, you know, this is, this is where they are. This is right. their lane. Right. This is your lane. And then yeah. you have this lane that actually isn't a lane. You just have the everything. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and about uh, you talking about babies in a sandbox, man. I could prove to you that some babies might not be racist, but they <laughs> definitely know. So I have a, a you know, we I have a lot of white friends, and uh, we're starting to get to an age where they're starting to have kids, yeah. right? And I love kids. I love babies. So, I you know, I hold the babies. I hang out with the babies. And to a baby, every time I start holding them, they look at me, and their eyes light up like, look at these lips. I ain't never seen no <laughs> lips oh this big. God. 
And they grabbed from my lips immediately. Every time, and I probably had about seven kids do it, man. I was like, you racist, baby. Oh, my God. Come on, Chris. Or it's like, I mean. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to do with no racist babies. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just funny because yeah. every time they grab my lips, man. Yeah. And it's like that for me for like, far as my, you know, like my hair. Like if I walk in and like a white kid looks at it, it's like they're always staring. You know, I know, um, you know, like me and Artesia, sometimes when we're out, like if we go somewhere, like I've seen, like, or she'll see, like, literally. Matter of fact, when we went to a PhD, that little white girl was just literally, bro, just staring at me like, it's like, I don't know if she was, like, just in a zone or my hair or what. But like you say, they, it's like, they're not racist, but like you say, because they're kids, but it's like they are aware that it's something different. Especially, like, I know, you know, when I work, sometimes it causes me to go out to McKinney. And, like, when I go out to McKinney, like, it's literally, I mean, if it's the closest thing to a black person is a mixed person. You know, there it's I've never seen somebody my skin tone in McKinney. Not saying that it doesn't exist, but I haven't seen it. So even when I'm out there, bro, it's like white people or even some of the light skinned people, it's like they're just looking because it's something that you're not used to, or it's like it's like they only see us on TV. So it's like if we saw LeBron come in here, he's gonna be six nine. We don't see people six nine and six ten every day. So you're gonna be like, damn, this dude is tall. Yeah. So it's like when they see black, you know, black people or people that are not used to seeing, it's kinda like Man, that's only something that I see on TV, and that yeah, could be look at you all know, that pigment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like so, like y'all both, you know, recognize that we we notice difference. Like yeah. you're gonna notice difference, Absolutely. especially especially if you grew up in a community where it looks you know the same, and then you finally do see somebody that looks different. And I can think about you know children that you know go to school for the first time and and see somebody that's different and might come home to their parents and like hey mommy why does such and such look you know yeah. and it's at that moment it's in those kinds of moments that it's parents responsibilities to acknowledge differences but then not to treat them you know not to scale them as what's better or what's worse and those kinds of things and i'm not and and i bet most parents don't do that like you were yeah. saying it's so it's so in in the you know in TV and in, in media or like Chris was saying, it's in the air that we breathe. That yeah. that that's why I like I like the again to go back to what Dale Henson closed his his piece with is that you can't you can't expect racism to stop if you just do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like if you're not perpetuating it intentionally, yeah. But if you're not intentionally resisting it. It's not going to go away no. because it's built into the fabric you know, that we live in and the yeah. air that we breathe. So we have to everybody needs to take responsibility, ownership of our part in it and do something intentionally to push back against it. Because that's the only way it's going to change. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to continue, you know. Yeah. And I, and I think like, you know, I was talking to some guys at, at work this week and we were talking about how we're not really that removed, that far removed from the uproar in America. Like what? King died in what? Sixty three. Yeah. So he died in 63. I was born in 82. That wasn't even 20 years later before I was born. So I'm 32. I think you died in 68. Uh, was, was it 68? Yeah. So, that's six, even, so that that proves right. the point even more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so, I, you know, it wasn't even 15, right? Maybe almost 15 years later. Yeah. Like, it's not that far removed, bro. Mm-hmm. And not. I think a lot of people, and, and, and the people, and, you know, I think if King was alive today, he would be like 60-something. So it's like, think about the people who are 60, right. 70, right. and the races, you know, whether it's, say if it's a racist white old man or, or a white woman, it's like you pass it down to your children, and then we're talking about, you know, parents teaching their kids. Well, if they if those parents who are our age now teaching new kids, if they never really knew the truth or the difference because their parents coming from that time span, right. they, they're going to, if they come to them about race, they're only going to teach them that one way because that's the only way they know. It's, it's interesting you say, how old would he be about, you know, late 60s, early, yeah. you know, 70s? 
But if you think about who's in that age group and what they, they run our country, right. that's what I was about to tell you. Right. That's what I exactly. Right. That's Congress. Exactly. Right. You know, that's that's corporations. CEOs that's of every, corporations. Exactly, man. And there are there is a lot of effort to, as you've heard the the rhetoric, take back our country and sure. these kinds of things that that pe- man. And I'm like, man, if you don't pay attention to what they're saying, yeah. Oh, it's it's true. It's, it, it's yeah. the same thing that you know after slavery when there was Reconstruction. And then you had the backlash against Reconstruction. Oh, yeah. Man, it's huge. It, 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 it happens. Yeah. It happens. But the po- if, we don't, if we miss it, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to get ugly. The positive thing about it, though, is like our age group right now, bro, we really are coming up in a blessed time. We really are. But think about when those older CEOs and stuff who were around, around Martin Luther King in them time, when they die off. Like right now, it's probably 90% of them that run the country. But it is a possibility that it can be dropped down to 70 over the next 25 years. Oh, sure. And then possibly more. And it's like, if we do have kids, uh, it, I feel like it is a good future ahead for our children, bro. And oh, I mean, when you, when you And when you think about the kids in high school, which talks about the significance of Black History Month and, and you know, what we're going to be talking about, they don't really know. I mean, every TV show. I mean, we talk about this all the time in communications, and it's like, like the the CW network. Most of those shows are geared towards kids from like fifteen to thirty. Uh, the Arrow, Flash, uh, Vampire Diaries, all those shows. And on each show, they have an interracial relationship, bro. Wow. So when you have those kids that's watching that, they see the hot black guy that played on. Um, the game that now plays on the Vampire Diaries series, it's like they're, they're looking at him like, oh, my God, he's gorgeous. He's a Gap model, whatever. He's black. But they don't see black. They just see he's gorgeous. Right. Or young black guys who see, like, Felicity Smoke and, you know, all those actors on uh, these other shows. And it's like, these girls are beautiful. Right. And no it's like what it, race, it, they're it, just yeah, beautiful it, women. They're just beautiful women. And that's what they see. And it's like... I commend actually CW for doing that. And, and, and I don't know if they really realize how big of a barrier that's breaking. And it also, I mean, it's, and it's not just race, it's homosexuality that they're yeah. squeezing in, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, they're yeah. really feeding into the younger generation. And that's why I say, when, if, if we look at the next 50 years, man, the world is going to be in a, it has it, to be it, in it a better place, be. man. It, it really be. will be, it man. Will be. So, so my company actually, the, the research arm of it, they did a really in-depth study on the millennial generation, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the next great generation that, right. you know you had the you know the after world war ii then the baby boomers right, right. that's ca- that's who's running that's the country running now yeah. yeah that's who you know that's who is operating but the next great generation is going to be the millennials right yeah. and you'll see you, we've already seen some of it with like the zuckerbergs of the world yeah. and the other tech giants that are you know 25 year old billionaires yeah um but it's like what are we going to do with that power? Are we going to take hold of it, make it better, or just go with the status quo? Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it was an interesting study because it just showed, like, how much different we think, but then not so different. Like, you know, marriage, we're getting married later. Yeah. Right. We're having children later. We're not so quick to buy, you know, a home. A home yeah. We're not so quick to buy a car, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people, are, especially in some of the more metropolitan areas, they'd much rather just either, you know, walk, right. live close enough to walk, take public transportation or just Uber somewhere, you yeah, know, if they exactly. need to. So yeah, yeah. it's just interesting where you see those small things and even, yeah, general race relations, like it wasn't a fight for us to be going to school right. with young white kids when we were growing up. Now, right. you, in our neighborhood where we grew up, you might have been the only black kid in right. some of those classes up to a certain point right. when it got more integrated. But, but look at Madison now. Look at the saying? school now. Yeah. And it's just, you know, 
uh, as we it, and I think it starts then because it's all about relationships, right? Because I think I think most white people in this country, oh, and it's hard. I don't want to make this generalization because that's dangerous. But I would yeah. say most of them really don't have black relationships, right. right? They don't growing up. Like if you grow up in a mostly white environment. You're just not going to have it. You're not exposed to it. Because right. a guy I worked with, he didn't have very many. I was like his first black friend. So, you know, that it, it, he saw, okay, black people aren't what what they've been uh, juxtaposed or what they've been marginalized to me right. and everything else I see. Yeah. And uh, I think that's important as we move forward. That's a, that's so important, man. That, that that goes back to Dale Hansen again when he's talking about his dad. Yeah. Every black person his dad knew about or right. saw or talked about was the N-word, except for the ones he actually knew personally. Oh, yeah. These were, this were, these were the good people. <laughs> and, man, I think that that speaks, that speaks to our human nature and the fact that when we are in the faith, you know, when we're in the presence of another human person, it is really, it is really more difficult to, to hate them or to, you know, I won't, I won't say that, but it's a lot harder to exercise hate against another person's face than it is another person that's on the screen or another person that's not in your presence that you can talk about. Right. Because at, as human beings, like there is a recognition that we have with each other, no matter the color, no matter the race, no matter the class. You know, when you when you have gay friends or when you have black friends or white friends, you get to know these people as people, and it's like, man, what what is all the fuss about? What is all yeah. the fuss? About? You know what I'm saying? We're and all like we're all the same. Right. Yeah. Right. So. That's true. I do have hope. I think it, that is a source of hope. And like you lifted up, Anthony, man, the, the things are changing. Yeah. Oh, and are. so when we talk about race, and for anybody that's listening to this, we talk about race a lot on this show. But that's not to, we're not missing the point that things are getting better. Exactly. That things sure. have immensely improved exactly. and will continue to, but we can't just expect it to happen on its own. Exactly. Right? We're here it's to it's educate. younger yeah. generations yeah. that have to be like, you know what, let's be intentional about this yeah. and not leave it to somebody else. But I'm going to take responsibility to make sure my kids grow up and know that you don't need to think about somebody differently because of who they love yeah. or how they look. Or what? How much money they have? No, they're they're human beings and they're wonderful. And know? the reason we talk about it is really just to try to educate because right. it's a lot of people out there who are not educated to the fact of racism, of the history of racism, of Black History Month. And you know, a lot of people complain about why do we have a whole month? Well, have you been in? Were, were your ancestors enslaved? Were you you know made fun of and used for personal entertainment? So I mean. I, Race is something that, like I said, when we talk about it, we don't talk about it to say, hey, the black race is dominant. We're better. But like we've always wanted for years, like every race, not just blacks, you know, Asians, Japanese, anybody that was enslaved or anybody, honestly, that's not white. We just want to be seen as equal and understand that you're an equal as well. You're not in, you know, nobody should be superior or inferior to any other race. And I really the biggest thing I, I think that people need to do in white people is acknowledge it. Yeah. Acknowledge that you guys or your ancestors did things that was not right. That was I mean, if you go to church and you say that you're a Christian, how can you believe? How can you believe that those things that were done were right? How could you overlook them? How could you not acknowledge them? And like I say, a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to acknowledge it. They are just unaware. So what we right. do or try to do when we have these conversations is not to white bash or race bash or, you know, we do want to uplift the black community because we need that. But it is it's it's purely on education. And we're going to continue talking further about this. Um, we have to take a break, but I want to let you guys know it takes a lot to run a radio station, even those as awesome as us. But to keep the music going and to keep providing you with cool giveaways, we need help. 
Take a moment to visit our website at utaradio.com and click on the Support UTA Radio tab there. You'll find a link for donations. Any amount is appreciated, and each gift goes directly back into the station. No other station plays as much local indie rock as we do, and no other station provides you diverse coverage of UTA sports. So take a moment and give today. Uh, take a moment and keep us online all the time. This is really a big thing, I feel like, uh, for 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 anyone who's listening to get back to uh, University of Texas at Arlington. I personally just say that not because I go here, but they do try to give us an opportunity um, to have shows like this to broaden the horizons. Um, they've allowed, you know, groups to come in and play. You know, a lot of people have came from this um, institution, from the community department to move on and do things, you know, to do great things. And it takes financing to do that. Um you know, so we we need your help. If it's a quarter, it's a quarter more than they have right now. So we would appreciate that. We're going to jump into some music and hope you guys are enjoying. You're listening to The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct, and you're listening to utaradio.com. All right, and that was Blessings by Big Sean. Um, Amen. I actually, yeah, I th- yeah, I think the Big Sean album, bro, is ridiculous right now, man. I need Big, to hear it, man. You and got Drake. to, bro. Oh, it's like, nice. Like, I'm, I'm man, I'm game. literally, I was listening to the Drake album, man, and once, literally, like, once I heard about Big Sean, I downloaded the album, and yeah, I haven't, I've literally haven't listened to anything else since then. Really? Like, I've heard, I've heard Blessings, and I've heard uh, Paradise. Ble- and yeah. both, and Paradise, Paradise goes hard. And I'm like, well, hard. if the rest of the CD sound like this, I might actually buy it. Oh, we might like, have yeah. to do that top five artist thing today. Yeah, we, we didn't could, get we into could, it. Last yeah, week. we could jump into it. So, but Later. with with the uh, with um, Big Sean, bro, I can go literally. I'm pulling it up right now, and I'm gonna tell you. You can go through each song. Dark uh, Dark Sky, which is the intro, legit. Basically, I'm talking about Detroit, where he's from. We all know about blessings. All your fault with Kanye West goes ham. Then you turn around and you got you know IDFWY mm-hmm. with E40 that's on the top of mm-hmm. 100. Play no games where they did like the old Jody C B with Chris Brown. That's my favorite song. Yeah. That's mine too, yeah, bro. Yeah. And then Paradise, uh, Win Some Lose Some with Janae Aiko, Stay Down, where he just, you know, the beat and the lyrics where he's talking about is him and his homeboys. I know with Janae Aiko, go ham. And the intro, well, the outro of the I Know song, it leads right into deep with Lil Wayne. It goes ham, bro. All right, well, sure. Then One Man Can Change the World is the <clears throat> the one I played earlier with yeah. John Legend and Kanye. Then the outro goes hard. The Desert. outro is it go ham, ha- bro. Hard, bro. It go ham, dog. I had that on repeat for a full day. And then he has Deserve <laughs> It with Party Next Door, which is good, and Research with his girl, Ariana Grande, which, dog. Like, the whole album, bro, is not right. a bad song. He, right. And, and what right. he did, he got, like, legit cameos from other artists. Uh, yeah. I mean, he other got artists. Kanye on, like, three put, songs. Kanye, yeah. Which is worth it, yeah. Too. And, I mean, yeah. Kanye, when you get Kanye three times on your album, bro, you know Kanye really liked this game. Yeah. Oh, Kanye yeah. don't do three songs for nobody. Right. <laughs> so, for Big three Sean to get that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, he that's true, bro. He always have, like, what, eight? And they be like three minutes long, singing, yeah, and trying new stuff all the time. But he seemed like he' about to be on it, man. Uh, with what he got coming out now. Oh man, I mean, just to, I guess we can get to it later. But man, there's a lot of albums about to drop in this next quarter, bro. Yeah. It's about to be summertime. Man. About to be get crazy. Money, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Spotify, man. Yeah, I know. I need to just go ahead and give. Spotify. Yeah, I went on and got it, man. I, man, yeah, Spotify, bro. I just, yeah. So. Next topic we got coming up is men, women, and platonic friendships. For the next 30 minutes, we'll probably be talking all relationships. If you have any questions or you disagree or agree with some of the things that we have to say, again, you can hit us up at info at therealityis.com. That's info at T-H-A, therealityis.com. So, platonic relationships, 
between men and women, can they exist? <laughs> yes. Uh, you said yes. You think Gary's in the affirmative. <laughs> I will say sure. But, you know, I think <laughs> so. I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll, I'll jump into this uh, foot first. Um, so I've maintained a lot of platonic relationships in my throughout my life. Uh, this is probably controversial, but, you know, I didn't mean anything by it, but I would call myself the gay best friend because, you know, if you have a gay best friend, it's like it's a guy you can trust. He's not going to come at you like that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what, I would, that's what I call myself to, like, my really good girlfriends. Right. And, uh, you know, you can keep that platonic relationship, and I think it's important to have them. Right. Um, you, I mean, it's important to have female friends so that, you you know, that you can trust. But I will say, like, <clears throat> as a man, if you have a, you know, best friend or a really good friend and there's attraction there and, you know, they have the personality and, I mean, it might not, you might not ever act on it. And it might not be the first thing on your mind when you talk to them. But I'm guaranteeing you there's a little nugget the size of a mustard seed, if nothing else. The size of a and mustard seed. And we know what a mustard seed, seed can do. <laughs> hey, man. It can move about <laughs> preach, preach, brother. So, I mean, you can have the relationship, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're... Uh, but even with women, like, if there's a guy that uh, I would I would imagine... Yeah. There, there's, some, there's some level of attraction, like, man, I wish this guy would just come at me or I yeah. wish we were in different situations. But, I mean... They can exist, but at the end of the day, I mean, if especially if you're both single, if the opportunity arises and, and you know, when you play, things can when, happen. When you playing with the pink eye, man, you playing with fire. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Not, what? <laughs> you, know what, you know what they're talking about. Conjunctivitis? Yeah, I think Frank, about Frank, Ocean had a, Frank Ocean and Andre yeah, 3000 made a song yeah. about pink that. Man. What do you think Listen. that thing is made Listen, for? Don't, don't do it to him. Look, yeah. I agree, though. But, yeah, see, so my answer, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it acknowledges the same thing, that yeah. they, you, there very well may be an attraction. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you can't do nothing about that. I think at this age it is. I think if like if I walk in and I meet a girl, bro, and we exchange numbers, if we never have sex, if we never whatever, it is an attraction. I mean, I think that's just what it is at this point in time. And then you you have to categorize it what it is probably within the first month. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you especially being a male, you have to categorize it quick because <clears throat> females can start to shift or change their emotions and how often you listen and how often you know you you listen and give them that feedback. Right. You know, I think um, I think it can happen. Um, I, I think it's like you said, man. I mean, at some point or that nugget, bro, they start thinking, I wonder. You know, I know of I've course. had situations, bro, where I've been cool with girls. And, you know, I, I've had a recent one where it just kind of got out of hand because the emotions, I guess, had built over the years. And I wasn't aware of it. And then it kind of came to a head, you know, when they pun start. intended there? You know. Was that a pun? It came to a head. It came to a head. <laughs> okay. And you know, what happened? Um, it blew up. And uh, because I, yeah, it, yeah, it blew up. But um, I felt like it was a valuable friendship and a valuable relationship. So you know, I was man enough, she was woman enough to come together, sit down, and talk about it, acknowledge where we may have both went wrong, and said, "Hey, let's move forward." And it was her first time, you know, ever really giving me any kind of drama or any kind of issue. So I mean, when you've been there for me and we haven't really had these kind of issues before, you know, I feel like you should be able to talk about it and work it out, unless they it's a consistent. <coughs> Uh, consistent thing and she was more to me I feel like she's more of a help 
than a hindrance as long as she understands this is what it is and this is the lane that we have to be in mm -hmm. you know and a lot of times i think i think the reason it's hard is because when you have female female friends and guy friends a female is going to start telling you things and what does a female like more than a guy who can listen bro mm -hmm. We don't, not to be funny, we can listen to a friend, a female friend, sometimes better than we can listen to our significant others because we know we don't have an, we don't have any investment there. Right. Yeah. So when right. you don't have an investment there of things going further in the future, you can sit there and listen and be like, hey, man, I really want the best for her. It doesn't mean and that you don't listen. critical feedback. Exactly. Because like you want it to be better. Yeah. But sometimes when, you, when, when it's listening <laughs> to your significant other, especially if she's talking about you, it's hard not to be on the defense or be ready to talk back or reply. Right to defend what she's already said about you. Yeah. And that's and I think that's what it is. But I think you could definitely have uh, platonic friendships between men and women. It's just you have to have some strong guidelines mm -hmm. and barriers about what it is and what it's not. Well, and like you just uh, touched on with your situation, you got to have a certain, certain kind of responsibility and maturity. Oh, man. To be able to talk and, and be up front with this person. But like Chris was saying, I, I th he thinks it's a good thing. I mean, I think you need those relationships. You do. Especially when you're, like, for, for me, you know, being married, being married almost five years now, you know, I encourage I encourage my wife to continue to meet people. And, you know, for me to do the same, and that's not to say that, you know, you're trying to step out or nothing like that, but actually that strengthens your relationship. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, if you're just cooped up with one person and you're not allowed or you don't feel allowed to, to be you or to continue to You can't to allow me people, to do a damn thing. <laughs> if you, but I'm saying, like, if you if you just are <laughs> locked down and, and, and your spouse is insecure or something like that, that's going to become toxic eventually. Oh, for sure. But, you know, some of the female friends that I have, man, they can give me a perspective that, you know, Chris or you, you yeah. know, may not be able to give me from a woman's perspective. Yeah. But like you said, it's not. It's not a. There's no real personal investment in in the fact of you know how's he gonna react toward me. Yeah. So something that something that my my wife might want to say but feel like she can't or doesn't want to risk it. Somebody else can say, man, like you were tripping. Yeah. Like, you need to do this. So you, and, and so, I value having female friends. I value having male friends. I value having gay friends. I value have you know what I'm saying. I think as people we need a plethora of friendships. But you know with the opposite sex, if that's your sexual preference. Yeah, you just have to be careful, man. You have to keep those boundaries and keep that communication line open. And, yeah. of course, you know, I've got female friends that I'm attracted to, but, hell, there's going to be women I see every day that I'm attracted to, and that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm walking, you know, skating on thin ice or I'm going to yeah. do something about it. Yeah. It depends on I, what that booty look like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to talk about this from the perspective. So, uh, you know, I think about my relationships, and you can kind of delineate relationships that started out as platonic friendships because it happens, mean? right? Huh? What does delineate mean? Okay, delineate like decipher. Man, I, I don't know. Start. Okay, that's good. Uh, I got you. So, you know, I know you you've been in a relationship where you started out as friends for years, right? Mm -hmm. And and you know, I or the relationships where it kind of you just start, you dive in, and you're romantic from the get go, and for the most part. I like to have a friendship where I know that yep. person before we jump into, you know, something more romantic. Right. So I think having a platonic friendship is a is the best precursor to having a romantic relationship. Right. I think that's definitely true. But but what you were saying earlier, it's funny because you were saying it's easier to talk to a female friend and listen than it is to a, a girl. And that same girl that you you know you started out because I'm just speaking from experience. You started out as best friends and you can just talk for hours and you can listen to them and never. But then the minute that relationship is established, it's like 
I mean, from her perspective, the way you got to act changes. Yeah. And then from your perspective, like, you just, the patience might not be, you know. Yeah. And that's why dating is important, man. You know, I, I you know, um, if I may say, you know, my dating situation now. You know, I've been dating someone for quite some time, great girl, you know, very patient, very sweet. Um, and the thing about it is a lot of people always be like, oh, you know, y'all been dating all this time. He ain't put a label on it. He ain't doing this and he ain't doing that. And I'm like. But I guarantee this damn thing that's going on right here is 10 times better than what you have what don't have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With right. your label because people fall into labels so much yeah. so that it, it you know, they make it out to be whatever it is. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you how real I am. We hung out last night, bro. My ex was there. Told her about it. Ain't no tripping. But my ex went crazy. I, t- I mean, when I'm talking crazy, bro, like it's two different dynamics of just being able to chill. Great girl, not trying to whatever, but it's like understanding your place, your role in a platonic, in a dating situation, labels don't mean jack spit. Mm-hmm. And I think people, the sooner, like you said, the sooner they understand that, the sooner you know what lane you're in. The only reason this has lasted as long as it's lasted and been able to date and be open-minded, bro, is I'm honest, she's honest, and we have an understanding. And a lot of people have a lot of things to say about whatever, but it doesn't sway anything, which we may not have, oh, this is a relationship, but like you said, we had platonic friendship before we even got to this right, point. Right. And that's why it's able to be this way. Now, exactly. granted, she thought I was a, you know. Knucklehead. A knucklehead, a male <laughs> whore, a <laughs> pimp, and whatever else when she first met me, but she got to know me and she gave me that time, you know. Yeah. But I think, it, you know, from the platonic, I mean, the platonic relationship, I think it's something that actually happens, like we said before, with every relate before every relationship, it needs to happen. It has to happen, you yeah. know. But you know, that's just my my, my pops two used cents. to always say, man, that you you should marry your best friend. Oh and, man, and uh, you know, Monica and I, we didn't have we would we didn't quote unquote date. Now other people that observed us said we were dating, but like you said, we were friends, and yeah. we didn't we never had the title before I proposed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And we, we didn't, you know, we were whoa, whoa, whoa. friends. Say, wait, say it. Let me go back. Y'all didn't I, have a title of boyfriend and a, girlfriend before you proposed. We never had a title. Man, that is deep. Now that we were, deep. we were, we were. I mean, deep. to some, to some, we were dating. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, we weren't necessarily. Did y'all about. hold hands when y'all would walk down the campus? No, that's Did you cheesy. do the Kanye cuff? I'm that's just asking. <laughs> you do the Kanye cuff? What is if the you Kanye do the Kanye cuff, cuff, then that solidifies it. What is the Kanye cuff? The way cuff? he's grabbed Kim's ass and uh-huh. Amber Rose's ass in the video, that's a Kanye cuff. The Kanye cuff. If you're doing the Kanye yeah, you cuff, that's it, mine. Kanye that is cuff my booty. That's, that's mine. That Kanye insecure. That's what his problem is. But no, but no, we we never had a, a title, quote unquote. We never yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend Interesting. before we became, we were friends and yeah. then we were engaged. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, that's what's up, though, bro. You know, and we talked about that at the at the beginning and of course it wasn't easy because you know there were still questions about okay what are we like for real so what yeah. are the boundaries and that's where I think that like you said communication comes in getting to know somebody on a level that you're not already invested when it comes to romantic kinds of things because yeah. then that just clouds your judgment oftentimes so if you can get to know somebody for who they are first like you said Chris that makes for the best relationships yeah. Yeah. the best relationships I've had in my life have been where we've been friends and it just kind of emerged into something more. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Now it does complicate things when it's come when if a relationship ends. Yeah. I will oh, say that. Man, it does. But I, I have been able to maintain that platonic re- friendships yeah. with some of my exes. Sure. You know, we don't talk often, but we're cordial, we're cool. And I think that's important also because, you know, sometimes relationships romantically don't work. Yeah. If you're adult enough or mature enough to be able to say, you know what, let's call it what it is. 
we can maintain a friendship yeah. and yeah it might be kind of complicated yeah. you know there might still be some sexual attraction or whatever but man we should be able to maintain friendships you know because they, they, depending on where we are in life things come and go and it yeah. starts with you know honesty right I th- I think it starts when I understand. The reason I say that is, like I say, the only reason me and her have been able to be this cool, you know, um, the woman I'm dating now is because, like I said, it's an understanding. You know, like I'm very open that I'm not ready for, you know, marriage or anything like super serious. And she's aware that I like to hang out, you know, especially, like I say, since I've met Chris, like it's good to have good friends around. And, and when you as an adult, I think you don't get that as much. So you you you, you kind of favor it and you become you know, close to that. And that's what I've come, you know, become with Christian and, and yourself. And, and she gets that, you know, and will you know, honestly, will she be around when I'm ready? Maybe not. Will it be my loss? Probably so. But that's a risk I'm willing to take because I'm honest enough to say with myself, Hey, you know what? I'm just not ready. You know, and it's not just you. It's, I'm not ready for any girl, not my ex, not, you know, and that's why I say my ex, even like I say, not a bad person, but emotionally just really, I don't feel like she knows how to control herself, but you know, I just think communication in platonic relationships, yep. communication in any relationship with a significant other Absolutely. is the most important thing. Absolutely, I agree 100%. And people always say that. You always hear it, but it's like, I don't it's think people really... one of the hardest really, things to practice. Exactly. Though, you know I don't think saying? people really even understand that. I mean, communication and knowing what, you know, I think you said it last week, uh, week before last, just knowing what you want and what you need from your mate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are scared to even voice that. You know, we and, and this goes into sex, but a lot of people sexually are scared to speak to their mates, especially in the black community, about what they like, what they want, what they expect. Cheating starts from that. Mm-hmm. If you can't sit down with your girl and say, I like this kind of sex, I like this type of position, and if she's not receptive enough to take that and say, well, I can give that to him, or receptive enough to take that and say, I can't, and then possibly move on, you're or in a bad or, spot. Yeah, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to do that. And I, and I think, like I say, with a platonic relationship, with making good relationship choices, I think communication has to be, and, and honesty has to be one of the biggest things, man. Yeah. I, I think everything else, everything else, you know, revolves around that. Because as long as you're communicating, as long as two people are on the same page, you can make a decision, yay or nay, about yeah. whatever it is. And be clear. Right. Be right. clear and be about honest. your and, intent. And, and, and don't, yeah. don't hear us wrong. We talk about communication being so important. It is difficult. Man. Especially, especially when a person doesn't know themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, you know, if I don't know what I want sexually, or if I don't know what I need intellectually or spiritually or mm-hmm. whatever, then How I can't communicate that with exactly. you. But then you got another layer of it. If I do know, but I am scared to talk, speak up or because of the the way the other person might respond I don't want to say so I mean there's so many dynamics that go with communication but if we invest our time in communication man everything else everything else is much easier to deal with yeah. you know what I'm saying man sometimes though <laughs> communication uh, this is not so much maybe for a platonic friendship but in a relationship sometimes communication gets you in some trouble man yeah, because the, the truth well, hurts. Yeah, oh man, and, uh, I don't know. That was just something that popped into my mind. No, like, it's true. I mean, I've been told I'm very blunt, right? You know, but it's like, because I'm the type of person I'm like, man, you did it on the right, and I asked you to do it on the left. Now, whether the right or the left side of something I'm talking about, I'm gonna leave that very vague, right? But I like it on the left, yeah, not on the right side, not on the right side. I need you to do it on the left side. <laughs> well, 
I like what's right and not what's left. That's just me. No, you like what's right and what's left? Well, you know, I'm just I, I understand. I both. You, you know what I'm saying? Hey, no. whatever you need to do. Like equality. Equality. You know <laughs> like balance. But, not I, balance. but I think, I, you know, I think also, you know, things that, that can kind of help make relationships better, um, like we said about the communicating, I think flirting is very important. Oh, man. To always continue to be able to flirt. I know I've been in situations where I found myself Honestly, I it's I found myself easy. It's easier for me to flirt with girls outside of a significant other. Yeah. Because sometimes you get so caught up in the day to day where you're talking about work. Yeah. You know, you're talking about school, talking about politics and crap on the news, and you forget to say, oh, you look nice, or oh, this, or oh, that. Because, you know, and then you get to talking to these girls that you don't really deal with every day, and they're giving you compliments, and they're stroking yeah. your ego, and you're just like, man, yeah, this is nice. Right. And, you, you know, and you get caught up in that. And, and you know, I think... I think it's important to flirt. I mean, something so small can be so big. I mean, from the the Kanye cuff can lead to a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's flirting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some would say harassment, depending on the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's a good point. So I do the Don't Kanye go out cuffing to the random, everybody's random lady uh, at work because you cheeks. might get slapped yeah. <laughs> or sued. Yeah, and you just gotta. I think it's good. I think it's important um, to actually, you know, also show personal interest in personal endeavors. You know, oh, like yeah. if, if I like poetry or whatever, somebody that kind of supports that, somebody that's there now. For that. that is that's something I man. think that is extremely important and overlooked. Yeah, is like me and my best friend. We talk about, you know, just, oh, you know, what do we want in a woman? Like, oh, yeah. you know, you got that one guy, you kind of voice all your frustrations about your right. your, your significant other. And he was like, you know, all, all guys really want, or maybe even people in general, you want that personal cheerleader. You yeah. want somebody that's going to be in your ear, supporting you. If you like to do poetry, hey, did you write today? Oh, right. that last poem you wrote was great. Yeah. Oh, you know, you, you want, or somebody's like, a you know, a novelist or somebody is, you know, getting their PhD in theology, you want yeah. that person that's going to be, oh man, that last message, or Bro, you know, you're, so crucial. it's it's crucial that's to so a crucial. relationship, and um, I think yeah, that's something that also would be is that I mean, we didn't necessarily say, but yeah. a part of that communication is like be edifying to that person, right? Like yeah. I can't I can't tell you how good it feels like when I've written, written an article or something, and somebody close to me is willing to read it or give me feedback on it, or even this show, you know, yeah. people yeah. being interested about, hey man, give me the link, man, so I can listen in, like yeah. man, that's. That stuff is that stuff goes a long way. It goes a, it long, goes way. a long way. And like you said, man, and when you you find people that will give you that kind of attention, and naturally that 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 builds you up, and it makes you want to you know interact with them more and yeah. stuff like that. And I think that's that's important in all relationships, man, oh, to, to give you know yeah. to be interested in what this person's interested in. Because if if we really truly care about each other, you know, in a marriage or just a you know a boyfriend girlfriend or even a friendship, then I'm gonna be interested in what you're doing. Exactly. I'm gonna want to yeah. know about it. I'm not gonna be so self-centered or so whatever that I don't have time to be interested in you yeah. you know what I'm saying because yeah. that's just and actually like for me for 2015 one of my I won't say as we said we don't call them New Year's resolutions but one of my focuses was in that same vein get into what my friend's passions are let me find out what is your passion mm -hmm. and then how can I help you not just accomplish it but you know blast through that right. passion and like really realize your full potential so you because i think we're not going to be people aren't going to be happy until they're truly living in their passion yeah. and that's just one of the things that like i've been focusing on this year is how can i help those around me 
really get to their passion and then even beyond that like collaboration who do i know that does this that can help this person that does that and i don't think we really and that's a you know networking goes a long way but i don't think we really go to the full extent of our networks and kind of you know put them together where i mean our friendships would be so much stronger and then new friends meet new friends and new I don't know. And that's that, just and, been and my like focus you, the, this year. The people that, that you said run the country now, that's that's what it has always been. Sure. When I get a little bit of power, you know, if I get a position, and like you said, if I know that somebody's looking to be, you know, a, a, a poet, and I know a poet, I'm like, well, man, let me put y'all in, con- in contact, in contact, you know, yeah. in contact with each other. And so I, de- I think in this community that we're building in the DFW area, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. beautiful. Because it's, you know, there's personal relationships and friendships being built. But there's also professional aspirations and things being sought after because of the people that we're meeting and yeah. putting our minds together and figuring out how can we make a difference in this way or that way. And so, yeah. man, I think that's that's a wonderful thing. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I was supposed to actually get some audio uh, this week from some people, um, but we'll probably use that on another show. But cheating, you know, I want to talk about want to talk about cheating. Um, has it ever happened to you? And you know, last night I told you, you know. Me and Christian went out to the bar, and I ran into my ex. And you know, he actually—and this is what I love about Christian—like we 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 connect on so many levels, like far as the questions go. And I didn't have to say anything. And you know, we were talking, and you know, he asked, you know, about me and her situation, and she acknowledged, you know, she cheated, and you know, she left me for another guy, and you know, so on and so forth. So when we're talking about cheating, have you ever cheated? Has it ever happened to you? And I can, you know, I'll start it out, and you guys can pick it up. Um, I've never cheated. I mean, the, the closest I've gotten to cheating is being in a relationship and you take a break and the girl says, hey, I, you know, I think we need to see other people or just take some time. I don't think when, I'm going to tell you like this. Whoever dates me and date me now, date me in the future. If you ever tell me you need space or break, <laughs> I'm going to break. Mm. I'm talking about like Kit Kat break. <laughs> I'm going to break, brother. <laughs> so when, when you know, oh, when somebody has told me, hey, I want to break, I broke, you know, and I, you know, that's the closest I've been where I've interacted with other girls sexually or whatever in that time frame. Mm-hmm. But when it's picked back up, I haven't. So I can't say that. Have I been cheated on? Yes, I've been cheated on. It was gut-wrenching. And this is just me being honest. Like, I literally, inside of my head, lost my mind. Right. I lost my mind. I lost myself. Like I lost, I probably lost like thirty pounds. I wasn't paying bills. I need I, to get cheated on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he gotta lose that weight. You know I mean? Go through depression. It's true, though. Yeah, it's true, bro. Oh, bro. I like, went through that a couple years, ago. man. Like, bro, I, I just, I didn't. It's like you. I didn't know who I was, and for me, it was like I moved to Dallas, and she was the first person I knew, and. Six years of whatever, you know, I was 21 when I met her. We broke up when I was like 26, I think. And it was just like even after we broke up, it was an on and off, you know, on and off again thing. But I think as a man, the thing that bruised my ego the most was her leaving me for somebody else. You know, if she would have just broke up with me and whatever. But to be left for somebody else, it literally makes you feel like I'm not good enough. And I remember she would always be like, well, I didn't feel good enough. You didn't show enough emotion. I was like, I get that. I understand that. That's why I say she's not a bad person. But I always say, imagine somebody leaving you. Mm -hmm. You, 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 You took time. You made time around our schedule for somebody else. You know how hard that is to do? You carved out time in your days and your mornings and your evenings for someone else. Mm -hmm. 
you you made sure that you hung up and picked up, you left and you arrived at the right time to have enough time for two people. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous, bro. And when people, I don't think people think about it. And a lot of times, you know, she used to apologize, and I was like, I don't really think you know what you did. Right. And I remember listening to a podcast, and uh, I think it was Dave Savage, and he was just talking about, like, you know, basically, like, cheating is like taking a gun and shooting somebody in the heart. Like, it's not a pain that just goes away. It's not a pain that goes away. And and for me, it literally took me time. It took, you know, and I went through a point where I dated a lot of women for the wrong reasons and did a lot of things that probably shouldn't have done, and I apologize to any woman that I ever hurt, but... Like, bro, I wouldn't. It's one of those things where it's like I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for me, like what I learned from it, although she did it the wrong way, it made me realize, too, because I think when people cheat, you have to say what made them cheat. Right. I was not emotional. I'm not an emotional guy to this day. I wasn't that emotional. I wasn't always there for her. And I didn't really guarantee her her future. And that's why I say her doing it, her wanting to be gone wasn't wrong. It was the, the way in which you did it. You know what I'm saying? So. Like I said, I've never cheated. I've tried my best not to. And one of the biggest reasons is not just because of that happening. It's seeing my my dad do it to my mom, mm-hmm. you know. And now that I'm older, like, you know, I've even told my mom, I was like, yeah, I think you could have had more time for, for dad because, you know, she worked two jobs and worked at the church. And it was like the church. At one point, I felt like the church was more important than our family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's big in a black community, period, because they get sucked in to doing all of these things. And it's like. You're doing this for God and you're doing this. And the church will abuse that sometimes. And you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what could be a whole two hour show. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what it kind of happened. So for me, it just it was more so the hurt that I saw my mom go through after my dad left when he was, you know, with his infidelity. Not saying that he was right because he wasn't. But as I got older, I stopped blaming him so much for it and started saying she could have did a little bit better, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I just think cheating all the way around, it's, it's, it's sometimes a lot of people think it's inevitable like it's gonna happen at some point in time and maybe it will but i just always say when it comes to cheating be able as a person if it's a woman who's been cheated on sit down and ask yourself what have you done to contribute to maybe this habit Mm -hmm. and not saying that it's your fault but look at what you can do better now if he's an habitual cheater and it's consistent over and over then clearly it's not your fault it's just him having the issue but if it happens like once or maybe even twice sit down and talk to him you have to, yeah. Because not all relationships are worth throwing away. Because think about it: if every such, if every guy cheats, like women say, then what's the need of jumping from one to the next? Right. If he's truly a good guy, and he may may have made a mistake or a few mistakes, work on that. Because in twenty years, he may cheat within the first five years. But what if he never cheats again after that fifth year, and you're married for forty five years? But you keep getting with a guy who possibly cheats. Whether your cheating is some girls' um, thought process of cheating is talking on the phone. You know, right. hanging and out with home. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's what people have to understand. Like, what, yeah. is, what, is, how are you understanding cheating? And you know, wh- are you on the same page in in terms of what it is? is? Is it something physical? Is it something emotional? Is it is it you know? How do you understand it? Yeah. Because, you know, I I have not cheated on Monica, yeah. and I didn't cheat on my last girlfriend. Um, I cheated on my girlfriend when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, man, that's uh, yeah. I mean, some if people wouldn't so count deep, that, but yeah, you know, but, but so in terms of church, a physical thing, but you know, there have been situations where you know, if if communication isn't clear up front, or if you know, like you said, if things aren't going right or whatever, you know, flirting might get a little out of hand. You know, you might say some like, there's been situations in the past where you know, I've been with someone and 
and said something to somebody else that I probably shouldn't have said, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But never anything physical, never anything investing, you know, in terms of emotional kinds of connections and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, and I think that's where that communication piece comes in and trying to be very careful of making sure that, you know, okay, this is where this is a boundary. Yeah. Um, and this boundary should not be crossed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and, and personally, I, you know, I don't know that I've, been, I've never been cheated on that I know of now, yeah. but that's that I know of, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I've never had to deal with that that pain of feeling betrayed necessarily, you yeah. know, not in, in terms of involving like a third party or something like yeah. that. But uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I like I said, I've been in a situation in the past where I've had to check myself yeah. and and be like, you know, okay, I don't need to be flirting to this extent, or I don't yeah. need to be saying these kinds of things because yeah, I may think of them as as harmless or just playing. But at the same time, man, it's crossing, it, yeah, it's yeah. crossing a line. Monsters grow. Things like that. <laughs> right. No, right. Exactly. So cheating is such a sensitive subject, and it's very, it makes you very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I'll answer these questions very uh, truthfully, and I'll make myself vulnerable. Have Have I ever cheated? Yes. Have I ever been cheated on? Yes. I got cheated on. You were saying freshman in high school. That was the first time I ever got cheated on. I was a freshman in high school. The girl that I thought I loved, she cheated on me with two guys. She was she was she had another relationship. Two guys at the same time? Yeah. Well, I was about to say, Jesus. <laughs> she was way more advanced than me. Yeah, I was gonna say she she had another relationship going at the same time as me, and we caught her on that was when you had to use three way. We yeah. caught her on three way on the landline. <laughs> and then she was is pretty disgusting. She was Sleeping with her mother's, like her stepbrother, that was older or uh, cousin. Some, they like lived step, the, step. They, it was step, but he was like older. They lived in the same house. I don't know. I don't, it was I don't easy think pickings, so. man. That's what it, it was, was like. but it was just like that devastated me yeah. at that age. Yeah. And then, you know, I, uh, you know, when you're when you're, I think cheating, as Gary says, is very complex. Right? Uh, it's something that we kind of, you know. Make simple. Oh, he cheated on me, and he's a bad person. Or, but I mean, right? Martin Luther King cheated. Uh, we celebrate that man. Yeah. Uh, just about every president in history probably has cheated, especially in the older. Oh yeah. Or they like they were they were they they weren't faithful yeah. and. <laughs> People, black people, especially black mothers of a certain age, will say you ain't cheating unless you're married. Yeah. So if you just have a boyfriend yeah. or a girlfriend, you're really not cheating. Yeah. For one, you're not even supposed to be technically. I, man, having I agree. Sex. I so agree with that, brother. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, so it's like okay, in a relationship that I was in, yeah, I, I cheated, and there's a lot of factors that contributed to that. Right, but look, right. you got to take responsibility as a grown man, like or a grown woman or whoever. Okay, I did that. Why did I do that? Think about it. But cheating is so complex, and it's something that, I mean, since the dawn of time, right? I mean, it's, I think more so men get associated with cheating, right. probably rightfully so, but women, uh, I mean, they step outside of their relationships quite a bit, too. Well, and, and that's why I said you have to, under, like, what what is cheating? Yeah, what is it? What, and, I mean, well, because, if you get a woman because, emotionally, you pretty much got them, though. Well, and so I'm saying, like, you know, some people some people might not, for instance, some people might step out in another way. Right. You know, they may not. They may not be a physical, you know, sexual kind of physical kind of person, but might be, you know, drawn to somebody emotionally or something like that. And, you know, it, it might be the same kind of, you know, finding comfort in another person or finding satisfaction in another person. Yeah. You know, just not the same acts. And exactly. so that's why I think we have to be very clear about, you know, that's where communication comes in. What yeah. are the boundaries? What kinds of things? 
And and if you have to sit there and nail down, okay, these are the rules, then I mean, the, it might be a little, kind of an immature relationship. But right. at the same time, just recognizing for yourself, you know what, this this doesn't feel right. This is crossing the line or something like that. Where it's more than just the physical. If you step out and have sex with another person, well, okay, clearly, you know what I'm saying. But there are other things that I think we should avoid. You know, if we want to stay kind of in the safe zone. So oh to speak, yeah, you know? my my older cousin. Um, he, uh, I mean, he he helped me, I guess, understand that because he he's he's married. He, he's probably what in his early forties. Mm-hmm. Really successful dude, uh, an attorney, uh, you know, about to make partner or whatever. And he's in a young marriage. Like they got married pr- pretty recently. And I was visiting Atlanta, and I was like, "Hey, you want to meet me at this at this bar?" He was right. like, "My wife's out of town." He's like, "Bro, I'm not even gonna put myself in that yeah, environment." Right? Because I mean, he's you just taking know. you know yeah. steps just because he he just knows you know to thine own self be true. Right. Uh, I'm not gonna put myself there. So I think you know as I like you know as I do you know with football, you watch video, you look what you did wrong. As, as I look back at the video of you know my younger immature days when I when I did you know practice cheating. It was like uh, <laughs> it was like a religion. Um, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take a step back and say, why, why did I cheat? Right. What, like, what was driving me emotionally, physically, and then what was the environment I was in? Like, right. how, like we were talking about platonic relationships. Right. That's the easiest way to get caught up in cheating. Is like you said, that blurred line, and you know, one thing leads to another. Y'all went out, had some drinks. You know, you're, maybe you're staying on her couch or whatever, and next thing you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I think going into situations purposefully right, and really, you know, being active and saying, okay, I'm not going to put myself in that environment. I'm going to be, you know. And, right. and then, honestly, just having it in yourself to know, like, the woman I love would be devastated or the man I love right. if I, you know, if I did that. So, yeah, I mean, having it's like having a respect for that person. Yeah, loving it's all that about person, respect. Wanting to do yeah. that, you know, do right by that person. And, and like you said, knowing yourself, knowing that, you know, certain situations are not fruitful. There's no good that can come of it. And or knowing that, you know, I can be around this person and, you know, she might be attractive or whatever, but I, it doesn't matter because she doesn't have my heart. I don't care about her that way, things like that or whatever. So, I mean, it's just. It's knowing yourself, like you said. It's those factors. It's knowing yourself. It's knowing your your mate. It's knowing the person who who might be you know after you or who might think of you just like a brother, like you know, like you think of them or something yeah. like that. So it, you know, being you, smart, man. Do you watch House of Cards? I've never. Do seen Do one of y'all watch House of Cards? I do. Uh-huh. I just got that. into it last week, and I'm already almost done. I'm I'm, I'm almost two? done with season three. Uh, I've been watching it <laughs> profusely, but that relationship in that show. Is the weirdest relationship yeah, I've ever seen in my life, right. whether it be real or fake. Right. Like they, you have. Well, I'm not going to give up the show if people haven't watched it. But I don't this, care. You can talk about it. They should have just. Spoiler gone. alert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have this guy that has clawed his way to the presidency, right. and you have his wife that it's like it seems like a total business relationship, and like they really do not interact with each other on a romantic level. Right. They're like, hey. You have your side piece. I have my side piece. Right. And sometimes that side piece will get involved with both of them at the same time. It was just its the most bizarre thing it's I've crazy. ever seen. Well, and I and think sure this all kind that of probably happens there. more than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Especially with people that have a lot of power, wealth, and money that have access to a lot of things. But I was talking to uh, my sister the other day about Will and Jada's relationship. Yeah. 
Because the people rumor that they have like this open relationship that they can just you know they be cheating on each other and all that kind of stuff. Which I don't know what they do behind closed have doors. Have you seen their kids? They're doing something. <laughs> I don't know them what they what crazy. they actually do. But I did hear an interview where Jada Pinkett was you know she was talking about their relationship. And they asked about, you know, do y'all have an open relationship where it's just no boundaries or whatever? And she's like, no, we don't have an open relationship. But I recognize that my husband is a person, that I don't own him, and he doesn't own me. And so what I tell him is, I love you, you know, and you know kind of basically what I expect or whatever, but be you. And she, you know, tell him basically that if you can't look yourself in the mirror, if you've done something that you can't look yourself in the mirror and be okay with yourself, um, based on what you know about us and how we interact, then then that's you know that's when the conversation needs to happen. But mm-hmm. so she doesn't you know talking about that they don't try to control each other, but they communicate and they're open with each other and basically you know and so you know I I think that's that's healthy because when you are made to feel like when you're in a relationship that's toxic or when people find them in relationships where you know the the guy might be like extremely insecure or the or the woman might be extremely insecure and every time this person's out they're like you know where you at what you doing like that man that it'll drive you I've nuts I've been in man. a relationship like that before in college early in college and man I'm telling you that was miserable miserable man cuz it's not even about doing right because you want to do right or that you because it's the right thing to do it's like you're made you you do right because you have to you, you know what I'm saying and I think that creates more problems than anything because it's not a healthy relationship. Well, again, right now you're listening to the reality is world filtering becomes extinct. We hope you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, We're going to give you a throwback song as we take a break. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Genuine in my palm. Oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? Um, Listen here. This song gets you in some trouble, you, man. Listen. Especially on, you know, I dance so great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about this song, man, but boy. I know what it is about the song. Yeah, he it's knows exactly song. what it is. It is a great I'm just thinking I'm genuine on the dance floor, man. Well, we're going to let genuine do the singing. You can dance in here. <laughs> All right, and we're back again. You're listening to The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. I am your host, Anthony Roberts, my co-host, Gary Green. Yes, sir. Christian Evans. God bless everyone out there <laughs> on the airwaves. We, we just happy to be here in the house. <laughs> oh, man. You're crazy. I also want to let you guys know if you're in Dallas, KDD Production presents in due season, Saturday, March 14th at 6 p.m. at Garland Plaza Theater. Tickets are fifteen pre uh, $15 on the pre-sale and $20 at the door. And it's basically a black play um, about um, in due season. So if you have time, go out and check it out again. That's KDD Productions presenting in due season next Saturday, March 14th at 6 p.m. 6.15 p.m. at Garland Plaza Theater. Tickets for pre-sale is $15 and $20 at the door. Get there early. That $5 you can use for a box of chicken at Popeye's. Amen to that. <laughs> so jumping back into it, we want to talk about how important is it to be yourself. And um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because Morgana Bailey on TED Talk, I listened to a podcast earlier this week, and she was talking about how important it was to be herself. Um, she was talking about it from the perspective of being a lesbian um, in a small town and not being able to, I think it was in rural rural. Kentucky Mm. Uh, and she was talking about how how hard it was to come out and just be who she was um, you know actually having feelings for women and I think it was. I can relate to her. Yeah. Let's be inside of me. 
Oh man, Boy, you stupid. So uh, she was talking about just how honest it was. You know how how good it felt to just come out and be who she was. And the reason I I, I really took to this is because I know society and jobs and things that I've I've interacted with have tried to change me. Um, a lot of jobs have has wanted me to cut my hair. Um, you know, in some sort of way, like Christian says, be non-threatening. But it's hard to be non-threatening when I'm black, when I'm outspoken, when I'm a people person, when you're educated, you know. So for me, when I listened to this, I was like, I always feel like it's hard for me to fit in, um, to be myself, especially in a corporate job, um, to not be standoffish because I am a person who's very open-minded, uh, very opinionated, very strong-willed, if you will. And I feel like sometimes I, people or society tries to put me in a box, which is why I kind of love doing the radio. You know, so I basically just took from that is not giving up on myself, you know, and 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 just being who I am. And it's also important because a lot of people who can be themselves, whether it's blacks, um, uh, Hispanics, whites, whatever, gays, lesbians, they end up committing suicide. And that's what the center issue is for this topic is suicide. A lot of people are taking their lives, man, because they can't be who they are or they know who they are, but society doesn't accept them. Whether it's transgender, like I say, lesbian, uh, a black being black and can't get a job, you know, being uh, a man or a woman that comes out of prison and not being given a second chance on life. Like suicide, you know, especially in the black community, we look at it as a sign of weakness. Oh, pray it, you know, go pray it out or pray. No, sometimes it is an illness. You know, suicide is real. Depression is real. And these are issues that need to be addressed. Um, you know, people need to be accepted for who they are and not being bullied, whether it's, you know, face to face or cyberbullying, you know, for being homosexual or whatever the case may be. And a stat um, that I looked up, it says suicide is the leading cause of death for people between the ages of 10 and 24 um, wow. through bullying, cyberbullying, homosexuality, being lesbian, whatever the case may be. And it says more teenagers and young adults die from committing suicide than HIV. AIDS, influenza, pneumonia, strokes, et cetera. Except for men between the ages, black men between Correct. the ages of 15 and 35, when which homicide is Correct. being caused. Yeah. And it, I just think, to me, it's an issue that definitely needs to be addressed. Like yeah. I said, of course, in the black community, but, you know, across the country. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, what was it, Out of the Darkness? Um, we did a walk last year for Out of the Darkness um, over in Dallas. And, you know, it was very successful, but I think... I respected that whole movement, man, because people need to be made aware, you know, of suicide. I know people who have lost, you know, friends and family members to suicide. A lot of people say, you know, it's a coward way out and so on and so forth. No, honestly, to me, I mean, to to do any kind of whether it's pills, slit your wrist, blow, you know, shoot, put a gun to your head. Like to me, it's courage. I mean, it takes courage to do that. I won't even put a loaded gun, uh, empty gun to my head playing. Mm. Yeah. I don't even really like to hold I don't even gun. put a Nerf gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you just, you, super, it, super. it's serious, man. Right. And like I say, for people to want to do that, like you said, even a couple weeks ago, you know, for homosexuals to, you know, some people feeling like they have a choice. I mean, but if you, why would you choose to kill yourself right. over living a life? Of who you are. Right? Yeah. That's how serious it is. Right. Well, and even for the, the segment of people who, you know, who, who have to feel like they have to live a lie or something like that, who might not end up, you know, exactly. killing themselves, but still the kind of psychological and emotional pain that comes from feeling that they are one way, 
but publicly having you know feeling forced to be able to do to be something different or right. to not be able to be expressive of who they are and yeah. you know honestly man this is a this is one of those topics um you know suicide the actual act of suicide the fulfillment of that is such a complex issue because um you know there's mental health stuff that comes into play yeah, there's yeah. societal kinds of things that come into play and so you know i speak i address it more broadly from not just specifically suicide but you know how important is it to be yourself and you know, I kind of come at this com- a little m- in a complicated way because who I am is kind of set, but then it also isn't set. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there oh, are certain yeah. parts of me that you know I'm I'm a black guy, I'm a black man, I'm Gary, but what that means, it I mean it changes and and it's continually being created by my interactions with people and the way that society you know create you know requires certain things of me. Um, so, you know, I think about, yeah, yes, it's important for me to be myself, but, you know, who I am at 15 uh, might be different from who I am at 25. Yeah. You know what it, I'm saying? It, it better be well, different, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, on a deeper level, I should still have the freedom. I should still have the freedom to be able to be who I feel called to be at any given point in my life or yeah. who I desire to be or or how I want to be toward people, toward myself. And I think that that's where the problem comes in is where, you know, society requires very narrow kinds of realities for certain people. Sure. And if you don't fit into that box, then not only will you be bullied or, you know, cyber bullied, but you also find consequences when it comes to trying to find a career, oh, you know, yeah. trying to make money for your family. And I, so I think it creates a host of issues that comes out of the fact that there are certain people and certain kinds of people that 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 do not have um, the benefit of kind of a fair playing field like certain other kinds of people yeah, do, yeah. you know? <clears throat> Man, this is such a great subject. Something that we don't really talk about very much is knowing yourself. Uh, I, I said the quote earlier, you know, Shakespeare said it best when he said, to thine own self be true. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Do you even know yourself? Yeah. How have you fi- are you actively finding yourself? Um, you know, I look at it, you were saying, you know, it's like... <laughs> The hardest place, I think, to be yourself is a young person in a black community, Man, right? Wow. It, that's the hardest place to be yourself, I think. Yeah. Just growing up, right? Um, I remember, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can, uh, even now, that, that can relate to this, but I would be, uh, you know, I would go up to Detroit to visit my family. And, you know, I acted, talked a certain way, carried myself. You act white. You talk white. And what does that mean? What, yeah, what does that mean? Even now, like, yeah. <laughs> when I was in L.A., I had these friends. They all went to HBCUs, but I'm not even going to get into that. But they were like, Christian, you just <laughs> act white. That's just your swag. That's just you. Yeah. And, we, and we love you for it. I was like, why do I have to act white? Or, you know, if you like a different music, or even if you're like an entertainer in the black community, if you rap about, it just so happens that we have a Drake now that can kind of be more expressive. But he takes a lot of flack yeah, from say, the hip hop community much, for that. How much crap he gets for being how quote much, unquote emotional? emotional right? That's like, like a human we, reality. Like you can't be that. And it's like being yourself. Uh, it, it's the hardest to do it in the black community. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about the you know the homosexuals and, and how you know it's it, they don't. It's so hard for them to be themselves to the point that they don't want to be. They they want to end right. their life, wanna, and it's right. like, how is that a choice? Right. That that gets to another conversation. But the the word I wrote down with the suicide part is like, how helpless are you 
when you feel like there's no other way but to take your life. And where does that helplessness come from? Like you were saying, there's mental health, deep mental health, depression, and you know these things that nobody get. I mean, a lot of they, we don't get treated for it. We don't right. we don't feel empowered to go talk to somebody. Right. And it's it's just a sad reality that doesn't have to be. You know, you, you said what 15, 10 to twenty four. I bet those numbers are going up so much. If you look at how kids in this upcoming generation interact, it's like it's all through social media. Mm-hmm. And really, like your value is is like it is. Uh, identify with how many followers you have, right, how right. many likes you get for yeah. the picture. I mean, this is a middle schooler's reality. Like, I coached 11, 12, 13, and 14 year olds these last couple of years, and truly, they live their life through the acceptance they get on social media. And I think that is so dangerous. Absolutely. Because your emotions are not prepared to handle, you know, a lot of the things that can happen. But right. when, you, when you're when you so social with it, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a fifteen-year-old is going to kill themselves because they don't know how to handle their emotions. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's important to talk about uh, being yourself. And even with you, Anthony, when I met you, I was just like, man, you know, you just seemed like you were having a lot of. I remember you were like, man, I've been going to job interview after job interview. My resume is tight. Like I've had these great work experiences, but I just can't get hired. And it's like, especially in the media, right? You're trying yeah. to be in the broadcasting. Yeah. I'm look. Here's something I've been sitting on for a while. But, like, the sports radio, I said it, I, I brought it up earlier. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to sports radio in Dallas, the only black voice you'll hear is an ex NFL or NBA player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not just some Joe Schmo that got a broadcast degree or was a journalist that worked his way up and now, you know, he's in the morning. That, what, what do they call him uh, on 96.7? They're funny. Yeah. But those guys aren't athletes. Right. No. But, you, you know, uh, you know Anthony Roberts. How come he can't go and work for CBS Radio? Right, yeah. right. Because he has dreads and he is uh, dark skin and right. he and he's from Texarkana. And he talks a little country. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, yeah. but anyway, I kind of went on a little bit longer than I planned to. But man, it's not it's not fair. And right. it's like, what do you do? What yeah. do you do? Because you don't want to conform. It, well, right, right. And I think. I think it's our responsibility as emerging leaders and and for others in the community that have positions of status and power who have the opportunity to, you know, interview and offer jobs to people who have not fit the traditional modes of things and and not to let some, you know, to really pay attention to, you know, as as it's often quoted, the content of somebody's character, you know, looking at their resume and, and, and hearing them talk and figuring out how they fit into your company despite the fact that they may be black or despite the fact they may be gay. And so I think, you know, we look forward and and as we, you know, want to make a difference and as we have more influence in communities and in society, we need to be, again, it's it's that intentionality. I need to be intentional about not trying to recreate myself on this boardroom or recreate, you know, some kind of societal image of, of, of success or something like that in this boardroom. But, you know, I need actually... I think it's more beneficial to have a plethora of different perspectives that come from a diverse background because then I can better represent the reality that all people live with. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean. And honestly, what you just said has contributed to who I am now and being myself. You know, I went to a college that was, I don't know, we were probably like 85% white, um, 80% male. Mm -hmm. So it was a, I mean, I'm going to hear different views when most of my class, I mean, 
are literally white males that are conservative. So having that interaction has contributed to my worldview now and how I perceive myself and who I am. And like you were saying, it changes. It's constantly changing. And if if you're the same person now that you were 10 years ago or even four months ago, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think you have to progressively look to add exposures to your life so that you're constantly not necessarily changing who you are from a foundational standpoint yeah. but just opening up your worldview and perspectives right. and you know or or changing who you are from a foundational standpoint that's it, you true know, too. In, in certain allowing certain parts of yourself to to grow and emerge and other parts of yourself to you know to recede to the back i mean the reality is as human beings uh we we aren't just a self yeah I'm not just a one, you know, one self, but there are so many different parts of me that change and, and evolve every day that I'm really I'm really like a conglomerate of selves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what I present in one in one arena, like, let's say I may act different, you know, in a in a locker room than how I may act in a boardroom. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So I've got that capacity to be different, you know, different parts of myself. Yeah. Um, but I agree, you know, there's certain parts of, our, of ourselves that we might hold dear, like our sexuality or like yeah. our religion. And those things should not be disparaged by other people. I mean, no part of ourselves, no part of any person should be disparaged by another person. I think, and I think that's where problems come I think out. it's like, I guess the way I, I mean, an example I can give to it is like we talked about earlier, how who's running the companies, you know, who. Who's over these companies? Not just holding back black people, but holding back gays and lesbians and everything else because they are still stuck in that old mentality. And it's not like this stuff hasn't been going on for years, the gay and homosexuality. But, you know, white America has always tried to have, you know, racist white America, I feel, has always had tried to have some kind of hold on what they don't understand, what they can't do. And they they damn sure don't want it to be somebody getting exposure who actually has an idea that they don't have or that's better than theirs. And I was telling somebody at work the other day, I was like, the thing about it, and this is what makes, especially black people, this is especially black men and black women, this makes us very dangerous. I can go put on a suit right now, go to any meeting, any gala, any anything in Dallas, New York, California, where it's nothing but white people. I can speak the language. The lingo, the vernacular, whatever you want to use, I can carry myself in a way that's respectable in their eyes. And I can still go home, take off the suit, go to the south side of Dallas, Chicago, or wherever, and I guarantee I can fit in, use the lingo, the street mm-hmm. terminology. Mm-hmm. And it's always come down to, I tell people all the time, if I had to choose between coming, you know, like street knowledge or street smarts and book smarts, I'm choosing street smarts every day. Reason being is because the streets can teach you the books. It's doing it for me right now. Mm-hmm. But the books, this institution cannot teach you how to survive in the streets, which are not not to be it's funny true. a lot of times, which is why you have a lot of white kids who've never really been through anything. And when they do go somewhere, they get in a heart, you know, they get in a pickle, if you will. Uh, you know, they move from mom's <laughs> house and they go to SMU and they graduate and they get an $80,000 job and they get laid off. First, their first instinct is to kill themselves because they've never experienced any kind of pressure. The institution of, of college and school and education, it doesn't teach you. It really doesn't teach you life school skills. You went all the way up to doing a Ph.D. You a B.A. I'm working on it, too. And it's like, did it really teach you the, the streets, the real life or right. prepare you? It taught you di- different dynamics and how to handle things. And it broaden your horizon mentally and educationally. But w- did, did school really teach you the thing, the survival skills that you have right now? I in think life? it did for me. 
And I well, think you my experience yeah. is yeah. different because I went to the Air Force, Air Force Academy, Academy true. and I played football. Correct. And yeah, football so is – college football is one of the most political – I, I mean, for a young man or woman yeah, right. or college sports right. is one of the most political institutions there is because it's it's not always about who's the most talented. It's not always about you know it, it's it you, it's hard to put color to it, but but at that age when you get something taken away from you, like for me going into my senior year, uh, I was told, hey, you, I got hurt during fall camp, and I was told, hey. We're, we're gonna, you know, we're not. You're not gonna travel this year. I was like, I, I've been, you know, I've been traveling since my freshman year. Yeah. You know, I started uh, my sophomore year. What, what is going on? Yeah. And at that point, that was probably. I mean, I've had more, you know, bigger catastrophes in my life before that. But at that point, from a, a like mental, per, I like, I would never, like you said, I had never. I was always the starter on the basketball team or the football yeah. team. I was all, you know, and I'd never been told, no, you're mm-hmm. not, and. It, Bro, that helped. That taught me the streets, man, and that taught me how to be able to react and overcome uh, adversity in a way that I had done throughout my life. But that was like the pinnacle, because man, I was down in the dumps, man. And you know, if you've played sports, yeah. when you get told it's over, whether it's whether as it's a freshman in high school or, or you're thirty-two four, years you're old, 32 and you years played old 10 years in the, the NFL, right? I mean, I, yeah. they, it, there's a certain level where you start to get, you know. Depressed, Depressed almost, but, yeah. But I think that that I think that kind of goes between what what you and Anthony were saying in terms of like, can you learn how to survive from the books? Because this this was a part of your college experience, but it was also not you know it wasn't the books necessarily. Oh, I get you know what, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, and and so because I want to build on that and piggyback on what you were saying that you know my my athletic you know career that that taught me a lot about life. Taught you a lot. Um, Books, yeah, it, it yeah. books helped me learn certain things, and I think you know my experience at seminary was more formative for me as a person than my whole college undergrad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because it deals with issues of life and reality and religion and faith and all that, but even still, living living is how I learned how to be alive. You yeah. know, uh, sometimes yeah. hearing the wisdom from from my grandparents or the people who have who have lived and who might not have you know a college education, yeah. who have been able to tell me things that you know, somebody might write a book about in academic terms, but it's the same, the same concept, thing, you know right. what I'm saying? And so I feel what you're saying, yeah. man. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, but I think the more that the more that we the more that we as a, as a black community and that just as people in general hold those to intention, you know, learning and, and academic, you know, success or whatever, you know, because that's ultimately that that gives us that gives us a certain kind of. um it gives us a certain kind of credential yeah. that, unfortunately, some people will not consider us unless we have. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it may not. It may not make us any smarter. It may yeah. not make us any more of a, a, a better at, of an employee or have class in that company, yeah. right? But you know, unfortunately, it's it's one of those things that it's easier for them to just check off somebody who either does or doesn't, doesn't have. Yeah, it. and that's kind of what you were talking about. Is like you know. You were talking about gays and blacks and how we're kind of, you know, when you're interviewing for. But even within the white community, it, it's like some. It, it's it's. I think it's it's just elitism, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and where I work at, especially in the New York office, they recruit from very specific schools, and there's about ten of them called Ivy League. Yeah. And they recruit out of those schools almost, uh, you know, maybe not only, but the majority of the people that we work with are from those schools. And yeah. if you're not, you could be white, black, or indifferent. Yeah. If you didn't go to Harvard Business School, 
you're not going to be working in the you know the investment right. banking division. Yeah. You can work in the back office, but yeah. it's like it's a it's an elite it's an elitism mm-hmm. that whether you're black, white, Mexican, if you're not a part of that elite, right? Even like with I don't know I've I've never really so the black elites right have you yeah. ever, I don't know if you've ever got a chance to really interact with like the true black elites. Yeah. It's worse than I mean they treat you worse than oh, white oh, people. Yeah, I was about to say I can see that. <laughs> If you didn't come from come money from the, yeah. or come from the, the black elite, it's like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's elite. I think it's elitism, yeah. and Which is race close, just happens to play into it. It's close yeah. to classism, right? And classism, is, same, is, yeah. So involved with classism. That's yeah, right. blacks can be the worst when it comes to that, man. You get a little money, and you, yeah, I'm just. If you come, if you if you are black and you come from money, yeah. it's 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 the worst, bro. Yeah, it is the worst, and it's sad to say, but it is. I mean, not. Er- I'm not gonna say everybody. Be. Not it everybody. Majority, but a lot. If bro. it's a hundred of them, at least eighty-five. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, goddamn yeah, lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Now we're gonna take a break. We're gonna let you listen to some good music from uh, Kanye West and Theolophus. Theopolis, Theopolis London, man. That's my London. guy, man. The guy's good. I was, I was like, I need some help. But I think you want to stay tuned. <laughs> For the next topic, I mean, if you have a small penis, you definitely want to tune in. We may give you some hope here today. We may give you some hope. You may, you may after hearing this next, you know, segment, you may walk out the house with a little bit more swag in your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm in your gang, but you're not alone, my brothers. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> uh, they do exist. <laughs> oh, man. All right, and that was coming. Go. That's a throwback, Odie. Actually, that's a good one, real, yeah. real. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Actually, some real, real good music. Some actual, real music, which is what we were talking about during the break. How we don't have much. Um, that's uh, actually a song. It just has that picture of. You know, you can't see in the you studio what it's. <laughs> so we did promise you guys. You know, with the short meet, short meet Saturday, mm. we're gonna. Um, you know, hopefully some of these um, studies from CNN and the uh, 2013 Journal of Sexual Medicine uh, will give you guys hope. So CNN um, this year has done an interview about the study on is your penis size normal? And it stated they interviewed 15,000 men and the number were the average man's length was 3.61 inches flaccid, which means not on uh, without an erection. And it was 5.17 inches 5.1 erect with an average circumference of being 3.6 to 4.9 when erect um i don't know who they interviewed um first of all and then i'm gonna go to the uh the journal of uh sexual medicine and they said the average penis size is 5.6 inches in length and 4.8 inches in circumference when erect and 15 percent of men have over seven inches and three percent or over eight uh eight inches so, ladies, that also means most of the guys who are out there saying, hey, we got this and we got that is probably, you know, depending on who they interviewed, it's probably, you know, not true. It also says studies show that the penis size doesn't matter so much in a long-term relationship, but it does matter more so in a one-night stand or a fling, and that women prefer girth over length. I've heard that. If you want a bigger penis or the image of a bigger penis, lose weight, study says. Study says that it shows that belly fat touches the base of the penis, taking up space, and losing weight makes it appear to be larger. Also, cut out on the meats and cheeses. (laughs) So, you know, go a little bit more on a plant or a salad diet. 
and you know, I guess a little bit of you know, it'll kind of shape itself out and give you that uh, illusion, you know, that stiff arm, <laughs> that illusion. They, we, you know? we got this study because I don't know what I mean. CNN always puts out some obscure article, but we found this article and it just made me laugh because it went into like more studies about stereotypes on oh, black men are really big, Asian men are really small, and they were like, well, actually, that's not true. Uh, there really is no correlation between what we hear stereotypes and and size. And it's like, you know, how much does... It's funny how much size matters to men and it really doesn't matter to women. Like, some dudes just obsess over, you know, 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 what they call penis envy. You know, they want a bigger one. And it's like, now they've introduced, you know, penis injections into the... Not not just women are getting their butts injected, but they're doing penis... It was on CNN. They did this... They had this guy talking about, oh, I would, I would advise everybody get injections. A penis injection? Well, yes. even, even beyond that, I'm, now you're making me think about all the commercials on, you know, not even late night. And you yeah, just they, late at night. Yeah, they hit them the in the midday now. And, the, and the, now, I mean, it's it's halftime at the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, exactly. About, you know, uh, extends. They got Coach Alice Jimmy Johnson or, uh, right, talking about right. extends. I was talking like, about, Jimmy. You know, sexual health and performance and <laughs> Stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. I'm sure there's much more culturally, uh, you know, cultural to it. You know, why why men are made to feel like yeah. you know we just I don't know. It's that's and this was a, funny. And this was a European study, by the way, too, Christian. I looked oh, that's at that, probably why. and that's what I was thinking. And also, I've heard of one by like by based on region. Yeah, that like I don't uh, believe it though, man. I really uh, which I, region has the bigger one. It was talking about like South, Texas. like Europe is the smaller <laughs> Asia, you know. But yeah. then in South America or places like you know, in the more global South, yeah, or more, you know. Uh, but again, man. that might go back to kind of a health, a health type yeah. of thing. I mean, I don't know. There's probably a million factors. Yeah. In fact, I need but I will that say that I do know that you know, as a personal trainer, um, being fit and, and in shape contributes to sexual health in a new, in a myriad of, of different yeah. ways. Ooh. So. So just throw that out there for but people it, it, who might be have needing the yeah. motivation to get out in the get gym. out there and do something. Come <laughs> to see you and train, and that's true, man. I think um, I think it's first of all, I'll say this is my list of from you know reading and just historical things, and I'll tell you why I say this. First off, you know it, it's it's pretty much a go, man. African men, straight one hundred African, not not me, like a hundred percent African, like who has no white. In their blood. Yeah. Those are the dudes who are donkey hung. Oh, Lord Jesus. And then you have the black men because we are black. <laughs> and then not not saying every black man has a big penis because we all know that's not true. A lot of girls are probably like, oh, no, that's not true. Well, you know what? We have been diluted. Well, here's what I'm telling oh, you. God. It's hard. And I'm not speaking from necessarily. <laughs> but nobody ever takes, because you hear like comedians and everybody yeah. always talks about, oh, black men have big ones. Yeah. Nobody ever thinks about the black guy that has a small, a small penis. penis. Right? And every rapper has a big penis. Let right. them tell every rapper, it. every comedian <laughs> yeah. has every, a big one. Has a big and penis. it's like, think about the pressure you have if you have a black guy That's and you know you got a small one. And you got to step into the bedroom and you have to justify. Especially if you date a white woman. Today and yeah. I don't know what the reaction is yeah. going to be. Especially if you date a white woman, because a lot of them date black men because of that you know, notion or what they've heard. Yeah, they, and it's like, if you come out and you got that short meat. They're like, well, I just wasted my time. I might as well just be with, with a white man. <laughs> <laughs> wasted my time with yeah. that short meat. So oh, it's like God. Africans, black, then Hispanics, then Asians. And after Asians, you just might as well jump off a cliff is oh, what they told oh, me. Man. I mean, that's what they, they got, told me. Then they talked about the micro penis, the oh, yeah. one that likes 
goes intro intro it's yeah, introverted so, so, yeah, it's an introverted Mr. child from yeah. uh, from uh, uh yeah, yeah. yeah they said well like less than one percent uh have i was like man that would just be hard bro. yeah no that's like basically having that would a just be so yeah. hard to and live that, with yeah the vaina can effect it's like you know the vaina can is like real short and then the vaina is even shorter oh man yeah it's like you're basically urinating on your genitals oh man <laughs> On your nuts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just it's bad business for everybody, oh, you know. That's funny. But they did say, you know, that you know, the one night they were saying that the flings are the the you know, that's when you would probably want to have a bigger penis because you know, it's a one night stand, it's a fling. You know, you want to get the woman wants to get the you know, the most bang for a buck, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's it, and it's true because yeah. you know I, I asked, I think it's I think it's just funny to hear a woman's reaction when you start talking about, you know, what happens if you fall in love with a guy but he has a small one. Right. And you know what? They a, a lot of times they don't care. They don't care, man. Right. They just really don't care if they treat him right and you know whatever. You can do other things uh to please a woman. So a lot of times they don't care but men obsess over it. It's yeah. funny because uh I just <laughs> I was on World Star Hip Hop the other day. I don't oh, condone looking on World Star oh, Hip Hop. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> a moment of boredom. But anyway, there was a there was a, a link to an article, a news article actually, and I had I could look it up, but I, anyway, I won't waste the time. But it was of this guy, who um, this African couple that got married, and of course they didn't do oh, anything. I saw that. They didn't do anything yeah. before. Oh yeah, I remember. Right? Yeah, that's and, what I was uh, talking about. And of course, in, in that, the, according to their culture and customs, like there's a dowry, there's a you know a, a bride price, there's all kind of stuff that the you know, financial investment that the man has to make. So anyway, they got married and they got a divorce after a week because she said that he was too big. At that pie. Like he he literally was too big and like. Of course, I made a joke about it, and I sent it to my, you know, my yeah. my my pops and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> I won't even go into it, but it was funny because my dad was like, "Well, son, you know, I I've been married four times." So. <laughs> <laughs> Slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just us being being silly. But it, yeah. but it's, it's it's actually crazy because you know he, he was saying that okay you know I agree that we we can dissolve the marriage if the total sum of all the dowry and stuff that was paid is paid it's back. It's paid but back, yeah. I was just like, man, that's crazy. But I mean, yeah. that kind of points to uh, the whole no sex before marriage. Pre, you know, they, I, don't, I don't know. Now man. At least it's, get a preview. Well, for the guys <laughs> with the short meat, I, I I learned something about zinc. Zinc. Have you heard what zinc helps with? No. So, for the guys with short meat, if you have short meat, well, the least thing you want to do is maybe you want to have a power splash when you do get to that point. A power splash? <laughs> what is that? So in order Don't to ask him, Chris. Yeah, so in order, so in order, you know, and it, it zinc. They said if you zinc helps you sleep, but it also helps with you know, like when you watch your, oh. you know, pump, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it gives you that skeet effect. Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Like so, I said last week, man, it don't matter as long as you got good yeah, hips. Yeah. If you got some nice swift <laughs> hips, man, work on that hip game. And, and get you two zinc. <laughs> and get you some zinc. Oh, my God. I mean, women love a, a, a good splash. Oh, shh. Oh, saying, man. For real, though. <laughs> I don't know if all women do. I haven't seen too many that ain't turned on by it. Ooh. I act. Ooh, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I'm trying to lower my my count. Your zinc count? You already taking pictures? Yeah, I, I, just because I don't I don't want. Mm-mm. And if you don't want to use zinc, I mean, I just do just edge it. You know what edging is? <laughs> just just edge it, man. You know, keep getting right like to the edge. Living life on the edge. Yeah, just, just keep getting to the edge. The and like, whoa, 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 wait. We we'll get to that. Whoa, 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 wait. Just a minute. Go. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. 
And you know what I'm saying? It's edging. And you just, you know, give you that good splash, that power splash, man. <laughs> so the word of the day is power splash. <laughs> it is not in the dictionary. It's not even in the ur- urban dictionary. I, no, may I need bet to... it's in the urban, man. Urban it dictionary got some got everything. words oh up in there. Gosh, have everything. You, you look up truffle butter on there. That's so I mean, how did they how did they make a song called truffle butter? They got a dictionary a urban dictionary said truffle. What did it say, man? I'm not I can't say it on the airwaves. My home my homeboy's dad used to say, uh, I know he used to come in the room, we'd be playing the video games when I was like sixteen in high school, and he was like, Oh, Y'all do is sit back here in the back room, you know, smelling like ass and duck butter. I'm like, <laughs> it's like duck butter. What the hell is yeah, duck there's butter? All kinds of created phrases, duck man. Butter. I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't too much know what duck butter is, oh man. But gosh. you know, hey, I mean, you oh. live and you learn. I never heard of power bottom until Chris Evans. Yeah, so, uh, I ain't know. never heard of that one either. <laughs> Now, I wanted to give some tips, too. I know a couple shows ago we talked about, like, dating and how to, you know, talk to a girl. So last night, I know, I was at the bar um, before you got there. And it's as simple as this, guys. It was one girl there, very beautiful black woman, if I must say. She was leaning on the chair, bro. And I just walked up and I was like, hey, is anybody sitting here? And she was like, no, nobody's sitting there. So I sat down. I noticed, you know, and that's I think that's the biggest thing when you're trying to flirt or talk to somebody. You notice things. So I was like, okay, um, she's the plate is empty, the drink, you know, is empty. And I was like, so did you enjoy, you know, your dinner tonight? And she's like, yeah, I did. Had a few drinks, you know, so on and so forth. And you know, she's like, the first one got me kind of, you know, kind of tipsy or whatever. And I was like, you know, glorious drinks are known to be strong. Yes. So she's like, I only had one, you know. And I was like, was this your first time coming? And she's like, no, come all the time, whatever. So I also noticed that the seat next to her was empty. And I was like, are you, you know, are you here? With somebody, and she's like, "Yeah, my homegirl's here." Blah 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 blah. So then, you know, she started talking about Will Smith and the Focus movie, and you know, I just listened, and then I talked about Will Smith and some of his later movies, and she ended up asking me, "Well, are you here with anybody?" And I was like, "Well, I'm waiting on some people," and you know, that the rest is history. But it's like I didn't even get her number, but like I could have because, like we've talked about before, when you get a woman to engage. That's pretty much, you know, it, it's it's I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. Right. But if you can get them to be engaged and they're not standoffish and they're asking you questions and talking to you, you know, and I, I asked her name, you know, I was like, you know, my name is Anthony. I didn't even ask. Oh, I didn't ask her name. I just said my name is Anthony. She's like, my name is Keisha. And it's like when you get the name and they're asking, did you come alone and all it's right there. Mm-hmm. And I said that to say it's it's as simple as paying attention. You know, you don't even have to be the finest guy in the area. Be confident. You know what I'm saying? But it's all about just simple conversation. Mm-hmm. A lot of dudes, you know, try to walk up with game. Hey, little mama. Hey, shawty. And I, yeah. you don't even need all of that. Right. You don't well, even and, need and all of that. In most, in most cases, the kind of woman that you that you want will not respond to that. Won't respond no. at all. Now, of course, you know, for the for you know guys who might go out and approach somebody like you did, which I would consider that coming at somebody correct. Yeah. You still might. There's some women out there that still are pre-programmed to think that you know, oh, you thirsty just because you just because yeah. you started. You I know, hate. And that's and that's fine, you know. But for the you know for guys out there that you know to trying to think about approaching women or for women that might want to approach guys, just go talk to them. You right. know what I'm saying? It, it yeah. don't have to be rocket science and. The response that you get may not reflect the kind, you know, the the kind of approach that you that you you know came yeah. at them with. Yeah. I mean, they may respond positively, or they may be somebody that already got their mind made up about people, and it's just like, well, you know, you don't ever you ask me to buy you a drink. Oh, we saw that happen. <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> it, it, this whole idea of thirst, it, it just kills me. So, no, like a woman will get approached, and a man will be nice, and he'll take the time out to be respectful. Totally did get disrespected. Oh, he's thirsty. It's like, 
but then in the same breath complaining that they can't find no man. Yeah. I was like, well, what are you putting out in this world? You're, you you complain about thirsty thirstiness, but, like, you're over here dry as a cactus. Like, drink some water. You know, <laughs> let that man get his. Let that man get in. Yeah. Let that man win. So, that's the conclusion of our show, man. We do appreciate you guys for sticking with us again. We do apologize for not being here last week, so we tried to give you guys an extra thirty minutes of our time, and we appreciate you for listening. We thank you guys for listening in every Saturday, making this show relevant. Also, be sure to send in all of your requests or questions that you have to info at the reality is. Dot com. That's info at T-H-A, therealityis.com. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram at The Reality Is. We hope you tune in next week. And remember, like Oliver Wilde said, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And you guys have a great weekend. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.